Hello, I'm Alex Mack, part of the Call to Action crew, and you're hanging out with us today for an itty-bitty match we call Schmobates. And here I am uh, with this fine fella. His name is Winston. You might have heard of him. Winston, my man, what's going on? Hey, Alex, thank you for having me. My goodness. It's going to be a good time for all. It's Passover Wednesday. It's almost Easter Sunday, and tonight it's Schmobate Smackdown. That's what that shit is. Let's go. We're smacking oh, down, absolutely. Okay, well, sure going into this. Ask right, I got to ask I'm right sorry. now. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah. I'm not sure. Can I, can I swear? Because I know the babies be watching. You can time. swear away, my man. Whatever you want to do. Oh, fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Cheers. I, this is not a alcoholic drink, but it's a Red Bull. So hey, no it's worries. just as dangerous I, I, like 930 at night. <laughs> I just moved into this place, so I don't actually have a wine glass, but I am drinking wine out of a chalice. So cheers indeed. Mm, classy, classy, my man, classy. All right, well, we are going to be watching, you and I are going to be hosting these little, little debates. So if you're not familiar with us, this, if this is your first time hanging out with us for this week's episode of Schmobates. Schmobates is a debate show hosted myself and a co-host that I ask to hang out with me. And we pretty much, we watch these competitors argue and debate to the death, to the blood and all things Schmobates, arguing Schmobates' biggest questions. Now, we do have two really pretty well-known rookies, even though neither one of them actually has formally had a match. Is that right, Winston? No, no, no that's that's true. They uh, they both – damn COVID took, us, took everything. It took the – it took, it took so much. <laughs> smack each other around the night. It's going to be great. It's going to be pretty fan-fucking-tastic. That's what it is, for sure. Um, okay, well, let's go to jump right into it. We have the competitors. We're starting off with, you might know him as one of the most dangerous people in the dungeon. He is Robert Pike Parker. What's up? Not much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited uh, to do this. I didn't know it was to the death or till somebody bleeds. Uh, in that case, you might just want to cast your votes for James right now. I'm not a physical person, uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens with words. Bruh, bruh, bruh. I see, I see those fair. muscles on that tiny ass frame. Like, you look like, <laughs> like fucking. Uh, there's nothing genuine. to do in. There's nothing to do in quarantine <laughs> except pull-ups and run. That's all there is. He's actually, Bro, like, low-key like... part of Fight Club, okay, Winston? <laughs> I was going to say, Didn't you look you know? like Tom Holland's stunt double, bro. You look, you look <laughs> like, 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 come on now, calm down. <laughs> low-key, actually the most buff person in Schmodown right now. And speaking of, you know, rookie, speaking of the super buff and everything, everywhere in between, he is James White. Mr. Oh. DVDs, look at all those uh, pop poppy thingies with those dvds what's going on there now i have a small problem um actually it's a very large problem that i had to build a bookcase to hold (laughs) but no i'm very happy to be here thank you guys for having me it's gonna be a lot of fun um parker had to show up in a little schmedium t-shirt to make me feel intimidated it's not gonna work sir it's true (laughs) (laughs) well you guys okay both of you guys are rookies both both of you guys were one of the like you were like one of the like, first, second, third, like round rookie picks for your factions, and so having you guys go ahead again, even though you guys aren't part of uh, you know, the same leagues or anything, to have you guys go up against each other in some fashion, I am so here for it. Swag. Sorry, I I can call you Swag because you're not technically you are the you know the manager and leader of all things Swag. However, Winston, you got to tell me, are you the one that's behind the Swag account? 
on Twitter. Or the one behind the swag account. It's a great like, mystery. Is, is, that is like everyone's biggest question right now. Schmodown's biggest question. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny who is in charge of said account. That would be poor sportsmanship and very un, unswag like to snitch on very myself because snitches indeed get stitches. So I, I can't do that. I'm, unfortunately, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Well, you hear heard it here, folks. Uh, snitches get stitches. All right. Well, uh, again, a lot of uh, a lot of love for the spider. A lot of love for Winston with swag. A lot of love for James. A lot of love for you know Video Drew. Everyone's like popping up and talking about you know Video Drew in the chat because she's hanging out. And is she flossing? I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so. We're going to go and jump into it. So if you're not familiar with Schmobates, it's your first time hanging out with us. Welcome. Thank you for coming in. So Schmobates, again, it's a Schmodown themed debate show where we do have, like, they actually do legit arguments. They're not going to just scream at the camera and hopefully, you know, get a point. You know, how yeah. we do is that we have opening statements, open remarks, as well as closing statements as well. Now, Winston and I, we may be, you know, secretly low-key judging these people, you know, in every single way, shape, and form. However, we're not the ones that are be determining who's the winner and who's the loser walking away from this debate. That's your job. If you want to make your opinion known, you have to go over to Twitter to vote on who makes the better arguments. Now, you cannot argue in favor of, you know, James or, you know, the spider just because, you know, they're your favorite rookie of all time. They're from your favorite faction. That don't matter. You have to place your vote dependent entirely off their arguments alone. All right. You got to you got to come with that fire, gentlemen, both of y'all. I'm expecting greatness. Like there there's there's heavyweight on your shoulders, both of you. I mean, the fact that you got such high picks in the draft uh the like this is this is the real deal because if you whoever loses is officially kicked out of the shoulder. And I've been told directly from Christian that is law. Whoever loses is done. I actually, I'm getting it. That is true. Uh, so, all right. I accept these terms. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Literal fight. <laughs> working does it Desperate times come for desperate measures. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our opening statement. We're going to start with you, James, for the opening statement as well as your closing statement first. And you have one minute to make your arguments. I will be timing you, but I'll also be letting you know when you have 30 seconds left as well as 15 and five seconds left. Okay. All right. But Winston, will you do the honor in reading our first question? Of course. It is right up on the screen for you. Gentlemen, what is the best exhibition match we have ever seen in the Schmodown? Exhibition match! One All right. Minute opening remark. Starting look, right now. Look, if we're going to talk about the best exhibition match, there's no better place to start than at the first exhibition match. We got a fatal five-way after however many shoots they did that day. There were five people. Five legends that said, no, 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 we're not done. We're not going home. We want to play some more. We want to play against the best and just have some fun here. And it was Rachel Cushing. It was Sam Levine. It was William the Beast Bibiani, Mark Andreco, and uh, John Roca. I mean, you're talking about Mount Rushmore on Mount Rushmore on Mount Rushmore here. It's five of the all-time best players that have ever done the game. And they went head to head to head to head to head to see who was the best that day. Not because there was a title on the line. Not because... 
there was some sort of uh, number one contendership. They did it for the love of the game, and they did it just because they wanted to. They wanted to see how they stacked up against each other. It was just, it was gritty. It was, um, sorry, my phone is going off. <laughs> it was gritty. It was uh, behind the scenes. It was something that you didn't get to see. It felt like you were in the studio and with time. them. That completes your opening statements. All right. I can't wait to hear more from yours on about uh, the Final Five way. It's been a while since I've seen that match, so I'm pretty psyched to hear more about it. All right. So, Robert, what was your pick? I went with the Jurassic Park match between Perry and Cody Hall, and you said it yourself, rewatchable. That's because that original match isn't rewatchable. This one is. There are a few criteria that make a great uh, exhibition match. You want something that has the same or similar production quality. Uh, you want something that's going to keep you glued to the screen. You want something that when it's announced, it makes you want to sign up for that Patreon so you can see that match. You want high-quality p- competition, the people who are the best at what they do, and you want drama, some kind of a big comeback, some kind of not, not a blowout. You want a close match. All of those things are the Jurassic Park match. The two best minds in Jurassic Park movies, Perry and Cody going at it. Uh, you have that great comeback at the end of the speed round. Cody started to come back. It was just such a great match, such a rewatchable match. Uh, when that one got released to the public, uh, it was one of the highest viewed of any ex- exhibition match that was released to the public. There's two competitors with their incredible knowledge, great production value, uh, spectacular questions themselves. Everything is top tier, equal level as the normal showdown. And time. All right. Well, okay. We have two really iconic matches that really set the bar as far as exhibition matches go. So making me a million times more excited for, you know, upcoming exhibition matches we have uh, that was recently released. Winston, what do you think of these picks? I'm going to go ahead and say that they both lose because the answer was the Black History Month exhibition (laughs) match. And you know this, son! This is true. You guys have both failed in your picks, so. I, 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 I... I commend you for picking two, the number two and number three, actually, as far as your choices. Those actually are the second and third best matches you have mentioned. I won't tell you which is which because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm picking their side. But I yeah. do commend you for at least doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have one match which is very focused on, you know, with Jurassic Park, you know, which is a very iconic Iron Man match. But at the same time, um, you know, the Fatal Five Ways with some of the some of the most all like really iconic showdown um, champions of all time. No, so, I, I agree. I, I agree, yeah, and I think I think I, just out of just out of the gate, I will give a a not a point or anything, but a acknowledgement to an argument that Robert made about the point of an exhibition match is to drive that Patreon. And I mean, both of those matches do that, but Robert, you do get a little bit of an acknowledgement, sir, for bringing that up. That is a very strong argument. That is the reason why we do these. All right. Well. So we got to see them both, you know, definitely work for those votes. You guys, you guys have four minutes to make your arguments starting right now. I think the original match was fun. It's fun to watch these legends play each other, but it was kind of a test to see if the exhibition format could even work, right? Like it was shot uh, on a handheld. There was a lot of crosstalk. It was low-key really relaxed. It wasn't really taken super seriously as a match. They didn't know if it would even be published. It was just kind of, you know, the one camera going back and forth between the desk and the players the whole time. I think that knocks it down. I think that's why it's not rewatchable is because it doesn't necessarily have the production value and especially that in-match drama that the Jurassic Park match does have 
look, we're not talking about the most rewatchable match. We're just talking about what the best match is. And your match wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that five-way. For them just saying, hey, we want to play this. Christian got it in his idea. Yeah, these exhibition matches look like a good idea. So now for the next one, we can actually put some production value into it because there was a plan for it. This was just spontaneous. This was five people that just said, I, let's play. I want to play against you. I want to play against you. We've never had a match. Let's go. And it was five of the legends of the game. You know how many belts were on that table? There were like 12 belts on that table. It's insane how good those players are. And yes, your your match is a better produced match, but it's also a very niche match. If you don't like Jurassic Park, you might not watch that match. If, I just you... that that match is so accessible, especially for people who don't watch Jurassic Park. Uh, your match, I think, is uh, first doesn't necessarily mean best. So I get the point you're trying to make, but like a lot of movies came first that then were done way better later on. First doesn't mean best just because they wanted the idea of it. I think what you really want to do in an exhibition match is get people to be watching, and I don't think a lot of people went back to rewatch that. I'm sure it was fun for the people in the studio, and it was definitely fun to watch. But like they used questions that were then used in later matches. So when you saw those questions come up, you're like oh, if that person had stuck around to watch that exhibition, they would have gotten that right. That kind of thing. I feel like that happened. And not that anybody like would have done that to use their advantage or anything like that. But I, I just think that's worth noting that it wasn't necessarily – because it was so spontaneous, I think that's actually a knock against it versus a well-planned, well-thought-out one. I disagree. I think the sponta- spontaneity is what makes that a fun match. It was like guerrilla filmmaking. You felt like you were a part of the studio. You weren't just a fan watching. It brought you inside the studio into what it feels like to be there for a live taping. And you don't get that with the regular produced matches. You feel like an outsider watching people compete. Here, you were right next to John Roca for most of the match, watching his thought process, how insane it might be at sometimes. But you got to see that, and you got to feel it. <laughs> there was also a lot of crosstalk that took you out of that match, though. You talk about going inside the match. There was crosstalk. They were talking about categories. They were talking about, oh, that's not a Bad, that's a bad question. You know, they were critiquing the questions as they were happening because they thought that it wasn't necessarily going to get posted. It just wasn't something that felt well thought out, even though it was spontaneous. And I'm sure they like did think that, oh, we could record this and put it on Patreon. It wasn't something that they were like, okay, this should be a match that we market. If you do that match today, that headline's a line of, live event. That headline's spectacular. That's not a match that happens today in an exhibition match. What you want in exhibition matches are those niche topics. It also think those things that the fan base is so passionate about that they want want to see the best people at that kind of trivia compete in. Right. But again, it would not have happened if they didn't at least try it. You can't knock me for saying, or knock it for saying, Hey, they didn't have the production value. It's because they, they just didn't know they were going to be doing these. Yours benefited from them actually doing that five way. Now the the dress like park match is a lot of fun. Um, but my match is a lot of fun too, because you get something you don't normally get from something, uh, from these matches. You don't, have uh, that outside perspective like you do with every other Schmodown match. This brings you inside the studio. It puts you at the desk with these competitors, and it makes you uh, more of a complete fan. You're actually there as one of these outside competitors. You're watching it from the studio. Did you say time? Sorry, I no, thought no, I... No, we had 10 oh, seconds left. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'll go real quick. Uh, again, for, for, first doesn't mean best, just putting you in the studio isn't necessarily a good thing because they're all arguing with each other to argue about the questions the entire time. That's not something you want to see. You want to see a produced product. that and time. Woo. Okay. <laughs> you know, cheers <laughs> to you, gentlemen. Damn. Damn. <laughs> okay. We have uh, two, again, really fantastic matches. I think wonderfully argued. I mean, 
Um, I, I love how you guys were really attacking each other's um, matches. I, I really love both these matches. So it really hurts my heart at the same time seeing them being torn <laughs> down. Um, okay, Winston, okay, what were your thoughts about some of the arguments? Or is there any questions that you would love to see answered? I mean, uh, you know, an interesting argument came up about, you know, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have exhibition matches if it wasn't for the fatal five way, but just like everything else in life, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the first to do it is always the best to do it. You know what I'm saying? Cause like you can make that argument. People, people argue all the time. Uh, they still say that Michael Jordan is better than Kobe, but you think about the shit that Kobe did specifically, his 81 point game, stuff like that. The Jurassic Park match is very similar. You you get the beginning of it. You see what an exhibition match can be, how great it can be. And you presented that argument with your Fatal Five way. But I love how Robert countered that with like, but look at the the, the polish that came from it. Look at look at the the how it was further growing the fan base and and the the, the heights that that match are like actually yeah. did. So I'm I'm very I'm very impressed in the sense that like they both found a way to kind of poke holes in each other's situations, but they. Uh-huh. They're raising very good points, and I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where the rest of this debate goes. Yeah, it's, again, these, you know, they're able to, they're both very, really articulate when it comes to arguing. They're <laughs> both pros and cons, absolutely. Now, what I really want to hear you guys really talk about, because you're really focused on um, really attacking each other's matches, again, which hurts my heart. Um, but I would I would love to see is you guys talk about your own matches that you selected, about what makes the match you selected so iconic, so rewatchable, um, that makes people really love, you know, not only the competitors or the categories, whatever it may be, just kind of really emphasize, you know, what makes a really great exhibition match as well. I would also like to have both of them answer the question of, what makes your opponent's match that they've chosen actually potentially a better solution than your own? Because I feel like the best way that you can strengthen your own argument is to know where your weak is. So what would you each say is the best thing about the other about the other match? I would love to hear that as well. Okay, yeah, definitely. I can definitely see that. Okay, well, we're gonna again, we're gonna be starting with you, James, to make your closing statements. Okay, well, you have one minute on the clock starting right now. Well, just to what Winston's saying, I would love if that match, the five-way, was produced more. Um, because of the spontaneity of it, they just didn't have the the resources. I would have loved to have two cameras and have a better um, audio on that, obviously. But what we got was still a fantastic match between five of the legends of this game, people that you don't get to see compete against each other that that often. And with, with those five people at the desk, you got great questions, great answers. Yes, they might have used them at a later date, but they were sworn to the honor system. They were not going to do anything. Um, Robert's match is great. It's fun. But the problem with the Jurassic Park match is everybody likes Jurassic Park questions. They don't want to hear Jurassic Park 3 questions. They don't want to hear Lost World questions. They don't want to hear Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom questions. They want to hear Jurassic Park questions. And you got maybe 15, 20 Jurassic Park questions, and the rest were all from Jurassic three and two and Jurassic world. The, the thing about the Jurassic park matches, it wasn't as accessible. It was a niche match. Mine was five of the greatest playing regular movie. Trivia that everybody loves. That's a solid closing statement. Indeed. Not bad, sir. Mm-hmm. Ain't too shabby. And Brandon is attacking you. How dare you? Jurassic park three is a masterpiece. I was waiting for Brandon. <laughs> oh, <we> to talk <laughs> about <that>. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Now we're going to be over to you, Robert, the spider Parker himself. You also have one minute on the clock to make your statement. 
starting right now. To answer Winston's question right away, I think it is that it's not just general movie trivia. But at the same time, people love watching other people answer questions about stuff that they're passionate about, right? So Cody and Perry are passionate about the entire Jurassic Park series, all the Jurassic World movies. When you say they only want to hear Jurassic Park questions, you're talking about the audience, not the or you're talking about the audience, not the players. The players answered almost 100% accuracy throughout the entire match, and that's something that people want to watch. See, somebody may not know the Star Trek very well, but the Star Trek exhibition did very well because they loved watching Kevin and Ethan answer questions about movies that may not be good but that they are passionate about. That's something that I think the Schmodan really thrives on is people who don't necessarily know the trivia watching people who do because they love movies so much and I think that's what's really encapsulated in this match. In the five way it is great players but I think that they are not really taking it as seriously. They're not really taking it as a real sport. I think this here, this exhibition match, the Jurassic Park one, really encapsulates everything that exhibition and is And time! To. That, oh, yeah. sorry. Ah, oh, snarf. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, yeah. All right. Okay, so that wraps up your first argument. Winston, what do you think? How do they do? I mean, I'm pretty impressed. Honestly, uh, I'm impressed with both sides. I, if again, if I had to choose right now for me personally, not to sway anybody or whatever, I would probably have to tip my hat to, to Parker uh, for this first one. Um, I think the argument that got me, and I think that that's why people do personally, I do think get intrigued by these exhibition matches are seeing moments that you wouldn't see and people being just as passionate as fired at it as the Intergeekdom Championship, as the Tag Team Championship. So that that argument actually really hit me about seeing Cody and, and Perry mm-hmm. be at each other's throats like a belt was on the line. Because mm-hmm. the Fatal Five Way, it's not, it's not that they aren't competitive, but there, it, there weren't really necessary stakes other than pride here versus, again, I know it's pride for the Jurassic Park win, but there is something about it where you can go, I'm the Jurassic Park winner, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I got to tip my hat to Robert on that one. Yeah, I mean, both arguments absolutely were solid. Um, you know, with James, I really loved, you know, it came came down to, you know, having a genuine love of like a lot of the competitors, this idea. And, you know, you really kind of put in perspective for me, it was like the whole idea of, you know, it kind of, um, it was, you know, guerrilla film making where you got, it felt very real. You were like, almost as if you're sitting directly next to Roka or Drake or whatever it may be. It felt very real for sure. Um, so you had like that perspective of this, like where you were like in the studio having that kind of style experience but also with parker i mean you weren't kidding i mean like the drama is definitely there you know the production value is there so it just kind of depends on you know what kind of matches you prefer so it's uh you know very different approaches to you know these questions and answers absolutely now if you guys made up your minds on who do you think that is actually has won this argument please go do so you can actually vote right now over on twitter thank you so much jake for getting it together you can vote in favor of you know james you can vote in favor of you know uh, robert whoever you decide has a better argument and please don't do it in because just because you you love like one faction or the other or whatever it might be. But that's not why we're here, guys. But also keep in mind if one of them loses, you know, they're gonna kick out a schmodown. So, you know, whatever. But <laughs> this is high stakes, right? This is some high stakes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we got a lot of love for everyone here, uh, especially, you know, we got Mari up in here. Hey, he's been hanging around a lot. Um, you know, drip drip. Um, can I vote for Winston? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> drip drip, baby, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, also Dean's mentioning, um, Perry and Cody's is my favorite, is, uh, Cody's favorite movie is Jurassic Park. So it felt more intense. I can definitely see that, you know? Um, but yeah, again, they're both pretty. And Malcolm says it again, both James and Robert are fantastic at debating. So no arguments. There. Thanks Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're going to be hopping over to our second question. Okay. Now we're going to bring it up. Winston, please do the honors in reading our second question. Gentlemen, what free agent competitor should be added to a faction? Now, I was especially excited to see them answer this question just because not only are they rookies, but they were drafted so early in the draft, you know, in January. So this can be a this can be a very uh, intense argument for sure. Now, again, we're going to be starting with Robert. You're going to be starting with their opening as well as closing statement for this question. Mm-hmm. Now you do have one minute on the clock starting right now. Okay. So when a manager is drafting, and I, I hope Winston can maybe confirm or deny this, I think there are certain things that they look for. They don't just look at triviability. They look at how well does this player know the game? How coachable is this player? How much will this player commit to studying, commit to the sport, commit to the faction in general? And like, not to use you know, Zoomer words, but how much clout does this person have? Uh, but I, I chose Robert Monsanto. Montana. I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. I'm very sorry, Robert. Uh, not only does he have a great first name, uh, the guy from Late to the Party. He is the uh, he was the first Shimodon competitor ever to get a perfect round plus the bonus. If you think of Robert and Late to the Party in general, you think of all of their colorful entrances, all of their great energy at live events we've seen. I think that is exactly what a faction needs. A faction needs somebody who's going to take the game seriously, who knows the game nowadays, not knew it two years ago. Okay, yielding the rest of your time. Awesome. Okay. All right. Solid pick. Robert is a really awesome guy. He's definitely one of my favorite people. And over to you, James. You two have one minute to make your argument for your choice of free agent competitor to be added to a faction starting right now. Well, I mean, I think Parker should be eliminated right now. If you're going to argue a person, you should at least be able to pronounce their name. I mean, come on. no Study up here, buddy. Um, look, if you want to talk about somebody that has style somebody that has pizzazz somebody that is going to walk in the room and you immediately know that that person is in that room it's the Mance man look scott mance is so underrated because of his general knowledge he knows so much without studying so if you can get him to study a little bit just a tiny bit he becomes a dangerous player and and mance is one of those people that he's so well-rounded but he's going to bring so much energy. He's going to bring up any teammate you put him with. He's not going to be coming into a match thinking, oh, I'm going to lose this match. He's going to be going in there competing. He beat John Roca. I mean, come on. How many times can you say that a player has beaten John Roca? Obviously, your competitor hasn't beaten John Roca, but Mance has. Mance comes in, and he knows his stuff. He's going to give you energy. He's going to give you showmanship, and that's all you want out of a competitor. Okay, that concludes our opening statement. Okay. Wow. These are again. These are solid picks. Wow. Um, we have one Shmoda wow. veteran versus one um, that's been you know around you know a little bit as a late to the party you know part of that team you know which is a serious you know underplayed team if I do say so myself. So both of them are fantastic. What do you think as a manager? I got to know. What do you think of these choices? Would you draft them? I don't hate either of those picks. I mean, honestly, Robert and Vanessa were on my radar for the draft. Uh, it kind of came down to 
for me, how things were going to play out with making sure I had everything kind of well-rounded, honestly. Um, and so I, I, I do think, obviously, and I'd said that a million times, that it wasn't just about skill. It was about uh, the having that sedecequa, like having that, that swag, obviously. Um, and, and you're right. You're, it's about the chemistry and the fire that they can bring to the team. And I think you just, you both mentioned two players that very much do that. I mean, man's, how many times have you caught yourself randomly looking at a date on a movie and be like, movie release dates? Like, I mean, you, you like, can't he, not I, say it in a voice. <laughs> you can't just he, casually he say has, movie release dates. It's movie release dates. You can't exactly. not. Exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that uh, I, I believe you refer to him as the traitor that, you know, he is now the king of movie release dates. That is forever Mance's category in the sense that that's what you think of with that. And then Robert, I mean, the costumes him and Vanessa do, the late at the party show that they actually do on YouTube and whatnot. Like, I mean, you're talking about two players. So I, I love these choices. I'm very excited to see where this argument goes. Yeah, we, you know, we, <laughs> two solid picks. And I would be excited to see either one of them be in any kind of match and schmodown. So I'm excited. And also, you know, you got to impress a manager right here, you know. So he's going to be, I'm sure, a little extra critical of your arguments. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to be doing four minutes of open debate starting right now. Well, first, I have to bring up that you have a La La Land poster right behind you. <laughs> I do. Um, look, look, you can't discount the movie mans. You just can't. Um, he is one of those competitors that comes out and he answers a lot of questions correctly that a In lot of people forget about. In 2017. He hasn't had a lot of matches lately. He answered very many, uh, a lot of questions in teams in 2018 and 2019. He just didn't get very, very matches. Um, In 2018, over- oh, hold on. In 2018, he played in an- Anarchy with team, uh, like, uh, with uh, Sean Gerber and they lost the first round. He didn't answer a lot of questions correctly in teams in 2018 or 2017 because in 2017, Team Trek lost to the Patriots and they lost to uh, Team Action. So I think Mance is a very fun personality, but I don't think he can hang in the new era. In 2020, Schmodown, I don't think he can. I don't think he's been keeping up with the game. Even when he was in those matches in 2018, you look at when he played Ben Bateman. Uh, when he lost to Ben Bateman in 2018, you look at 2017 when he was with Team Trek. That's a team I liked a lot, but he didn't know the rules. He was still asking for multiple choice in that third round. He didn't know how many repeats he had left. He doesn't keep up with the game, and I think that is almost more important than trivia knowledge in this era of the game. Um, well, you say Robert keeps up with the game. He has won how many matches? One match. He's won one match. That's Against it. Against who? He Critically won. acclaimed. He, but, but he's lost terrible matches. So they've won one match. Movie Mance has won many more than that. Singles and teams. And not only that, but he hasn't even dipped his toe in inner geekdom, which he would do fantastic in inner geekdom. Right now, he obviously knows Star Trek, he knows Star Wars, he knows uh, the MCU, he knows a lot of these categories. He would be a very good inner geekdom player. So now you're talking about somebody that's not just in one division, like your your uh, your Robert from Late to the Party. He he's in three divisions. This is a singles, a team, and an inner geekdom player. So I don't he's know. He's going to be able to get you a lot more points. I don't think Scott Mance would be good in inner geekdom. First off, inner geekdom has evolved so much since even 2017, when he still was an active competitor. There, that's just uh, that's just non-starter. Inner geekdom is a whole new ball game. You have to study your ass off to be successful in that division. And I don't think Scott is going to put forward the effort to do that, or in singles and teams for that matter. He was always one of the kind of guys where he was definitive of the era of the Shimodon, where it was a section on a podcast. You come in, you have a lot of fun. He's fun at the table. He's cracking jokes with his friends. He's uh, 
you know, getting shirts thrown on by Roka. He's having rivalries, but he was never really one who took the game and the sport seriously. And we are in an era of the sport, and I don't think that Scott Mance uh, and could really. Robert takes I, it seriously. Yes, he does. He's still, okay. you, you look at late to the party, he's still in uh, Twitter threads. He's still in Facebook comments. He's still in YouTube yep. chats. He still keeps up with the Shmodown world. When okay. was the last time you heard anything from Scott Mance about Shmodown? It's well, been a year and a half. Well, if it, Robert takes it extremely seriously, Scott Mance doesn't take it seriously at all. They both have very, very similar accuracy ratings. They're both right around 65, 66% okay. lifetime accuracy. But somebody who takes so, it seriously is going to be more willing to put in the effort to improve. He's already putting in the effort, and he's still at 66%. He's been in two free-for-alls. He's had 10 questions. He's gotten two correctly. He went 0 for 5, and he went 2 for 5, out in one round. Free-for-all is also he's, not a very good tell of like the quality of a player. They're round one questions. They're round no, they're one not. Questions. They're much harder than round one questions. No, but you're talking about somebody that studies. He studies right now, and he doesn't have a very good accuracy percentage. Mance doesn't I'm study not at saying all. He studies and right he now. I'm, saying, I'm saying he would be more willing to study than Mance would. No, Robert, on... Robert already studies now, but I'm saying... How do you know that? I'm, I'm because I've seen him study. <laughs> okay. I've, seen, I've seen him study. If Mance doesn't study at all, the only place he can go is up. So with Robert studying now, getting 66%, Mance studies for five minutes a day, and he's going to move up to 70, I don't think Mance, I don't think Mance cares enough about the game. I don't think he would take it seriously enough to put that effort in. We've seen that because we've seen him in big scenarios, and he's come short because he hasn't put and that effort time. in, like against the Patriots. That includes our opening, sorry, not opening remarks, open statements or open debate, <laughs> really. <laughs> okay, you're the manager on board, Winston. Okay. Are you excited to draft either one of these people so far? What would they have to do for you to be like, as manager, 100%, I need this person in my faction? What would they need to do? So here's so here's the thing that I think is the most interesting about this last part of this argument about mm-hmm. uh, studying versus not studying. So I, for those that don't know, I'm a massive Dragon Ball Z head. And the, the funny thing that you kind of get is you have the idea of Goku who trains his ass off because he just wants to get better and get stronger. And you have the idea of Frieza who doesn't train at all. He's just naturally gifted. That's essentially Mance is Frieza in this case and Goku is Robert. Uh, now, I would make the argument because Robert isn't necessarily around a lot of people directly on a regular basis because I know he's from out of town. He's from outside of Los Angeles that he, he's not necessarily studying with like the Rachels and the Ben's and the Chandrews and the Smetses and the Kalinowski. He's training on his own with Vanessa and anybody else he might be doing that with. It knowing the simple fact that he's willing to do that training automatically as a manager puts a higher value in my head. It's something my dad always used to say that he's more willing to hire somebody that works their ass off than somebody who's naturally gifted. And if you can convince to me that Mance would actually do that studying, cool. But guess what? I didn't study uh, when, when you know, we apparently played Team Trek and we beat them 28-24. So I ain't scared of no ghosts. Real, like real talk i'm not i ain't scared of man's so i so far i gotta give a little bit of a nod to, to robert which i realized robert picked robert because they share a name that's the only reason oh my god well, I mean, oh, honestly, Jesus. yeah i mean both of them are like solid picks i remember man's he, he i mean like yeah. he's like one of the original you know um he was like part of one of the original rivalries in Schmodown up against uh, Roca. I feel like it was forever and a year ago, uh, you know, and but he still, you know, he still talked about pretty in, in such a high regard for sure. But also Montano, I feel like he is very, um, 
he's not um, people aren't looking to him you know people aren't talking about him as much as a competitor it's but he he is you're not kidding you know in their um i say as part of their debut they beat critically acclaimed and he they only played a handful of matches so there is obviously a lot of untapped potential but also with Mance, i mean you can't argue he has played a lot more man um uh, matches for sure so it sounds like for the closing statements we really want you guys to really kind of talk about you know not only the potential of your competitors but also like what they can really contribute to your to their potential faction. What faction would do you I, think you could be a part of? I mean, like that, what could Matt yes. do for Winston? What could he contribute as a as a veteran competitor? But also, you know, the same thing, you know, Robert, um, what could Robert do for his potential faction to really make everyone really kind of stay sit up and be like, you know what, this is a guy we need to really need to pay attention to. So what would they have to yeah. do to be picked? Yeah, I think I think that that's I think that that's great. And I would also, I, I would want to know because they both played on teams. They, they both are very, they, they both obviously that's where they've made a lot of their mark. I would like to know who you would pair them with. I would love to know who you would pair them with as a partner, as a manager. That's actually one of the biggest things that we have to do in this era is figure out these teams. Cause it's up to us. So who would you pair them with as a partner? I want to hear that. No pressure people. No pressure. Now we do have a closing statements. And ready to go. And we're going to be starting with you, Robert. You do have one minute to solidify your answers, starting right now. Samantha's so great. Uh, his greatest moments in the Shmodan were in 2016 and 2017. He was a defining player of that era, but I don't think he fits in well with today's era of the Shmodan. I don't see him evolving as a player. If he wanted to take it seriously and study and improve like you say he can, if he wanted to do that and to win championships, I think he would have done it and he would have beat Bateman in 2018 when Bateman was at a more vulnerable time in his career. In today's era, I don't think Mance can hang with the mid to top tier competitors. I think he's shown that if he had the opportunity to take it seriously and study and i don't think he did at that time that means in my mind he won't now for robert he's very coachable i don't think mance works well with like a manager i don't i don't think he's very coachable robert is we i think he is very coachable i think you put him on the usual suspects in drew mcweeney's spot you team with andrew guy they complement each other very well i think that is a team that can maybe not win championships but can get points for the usual suspects which is what they need right now okay with the unusual stuff God. with Guy, interesting choice here for that choice. And I also find it hilarious that 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 was almost a backhanded compliment to the usual suspects about like they'd be a great team because they need points right now. Okay, let's like, be fair, Winston. I just I love I love a lot of people on that faction just calling it like okay. it is. Like everyone needs swag. I mean, everyone not everyone needs points right yes. now. Swag Everybody indeed needs swag. swag. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, James, over to you. You have one minute to really solidify your arguments and make everyone vote for you, starting right now. Look, Robert has about a 64% accuracy rate. Scott Mance has about a 62 63% accuracy rate. They're very equal in what they've done. But the fact that Robert actually puts in the work now to get 62, 64%. And Mance doesn't really put in a whole lot of work. If you get him even a little bit of help, he's going to move way up. Now, you put him on the usual suspects also, but you don't team him with Andrew Guy. You team him with Janine because Janine knows the game. Janine gets her partners working. If you put Janine with Mance, they're going to be an entertaining team for one, and she's going to get the best out of him. 
you know she's going to be saying, hey, Scott, let's do a little study session. And the thing is that Scott Mance is going to be a triple threat competitor. He's going to be a singles, a teams, and a possible interdictum player. And if you want to talk about how we are in today's day, if you go by the 2019 point structure, Robert Montana has scored one point for his so-called faction, where Scott Mance has scored 3.5. You're talking about a three and a half times better player for your faction right and now. Wow. I feel like the temperature at wow. my house is already like was raised like ten degrees. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, it's coming from the screen. It's a little, little warm in here. It's a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> we have two incredible arguments and either honestly, I would love to pick either one of these guys. Now, um, if you're watching this, if you've already made up your mind, hey, I want to vote in favor of Robert. I, hey, I'm in favor of Mance. You know, go over to Twitter right now and I know our AC is broken. I'm aware of that, Lucas. Don't need to tell everyone. Um, but we, go and vote on Twitter. <laughs> so make your opinions known and uh, to kind of help us decide who's going to walk away with bragging rights and who's going to be kicked out of Schmodown as we know it. So, you know. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Oh, okay. God, this is all a plot. All a plot for swag to get ahead. Get one of y'all motherfuckers out this league. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now if we're going to go- can't take this out, Schmobates will. <laughs> you know, we got to get the competition going any way we can, man. You know, we got to keep ourselves Great. entertained in these trying times. Okay, so I we agree. have one... Last question, arguably the most important question, the most the most fun, I like to think, or maybe it's the weirdest, really kind of depending on your answer. And it's uh, it's going to get interesting since it's it's like more personal opinion kind of thing. All right. So for okay. our third, third and final question, we're going to determine who is going to be uh, going first with their opening statement first by using this coin. So if you're actually a member of the Action Army and uh, you're a patron member, you get this a wonderful, hefty coin. It's actually nicely weighted. Um, so we have Team Trader on one side, as well as Team Superhero Guy on the other and uh, before we actually went live, we actually already determined that uh, James chose Team Trader to flip, as well as Robert chose Team Guy. And so we're going to find out who's going to go first. I'm going to just scoop that because I'm horrible at actually catching this ship. Excuse me. Good luck. All right. It is Team Trader. All right. So. James, would you like to go first or second for the third and final question? I'll let Robert go first. All oh, right. Would you like to defer? Okay. Winston, please do the honor and read our final question of the night. <clears throat> Gentlemen, what Schmodown personality would be the best person to run to for life advice? Boom. I know I'd run to you for life advice, Winston. Oh, that's so sweet. It's, it's very you, true. Alex. It's intensely true. Oh. And also, we have both have very similar ideas uh, on how to drink alcohol. So, you know, prior. That is also true. We also share a name that, that has a lot to do with it. That's what, that the, that's what the A that's what the A in Winston A. Marshall stands for. So, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm right there with you. Fantastic. I love it. All right. So, we're going to start with you. Robert, please make your argument with your opening statement starting right now. So this is a really weird question. 
Uh, it's very open-ended. Uh-huh. I went with Mark Ellis. Uh, I think Mark Ellis is one of the most down-to-earth, kind, genuine people ever. Like, period. And full stop, I think Ellis is just one of the most approachable people. He makes you feel very welcome. He makes you feel like family. Uh, he's very friendly. And I think that, you know, obviously, like, James and I are not, like, super, super duper close uh, with any Shmodan personalities. Like, we're not going to go run into, you know, random whoever for life advice but if we had to pick we want to be somebody who's not going to judge us who's going to make us feel welcome who's going to be approachable and to me that's mark ellis uh he also remains very calm you look at big stressful situations like in big schmodon challenges he keeps his cool he's ready to tell it to you straight he's not going to sugarcoat anything and that's the kind of person you want to go to for life advice okay you would like to yield the rest of your yep, yep i'm good like 10 okay perfect all right so you chose in favor of mark ellis great choice all right James, who did you pick to go to for life advice? Yeah, we're, we're on similar pages because I agree that you need somebody that's approachable and somebody that's welcoming and somebody that is going to listen when you have something to say. And that person is Ben Bateman. Ben Bateman is one of the, the nicest and most approachable people that I've met in this community. That anytime that I had a question for anything, he would have an answer for me, like no problem. And he didn't know who I was. But, but it's just one of those, he's one of those types of people that, the first time you meet him, it feels like you've known him for years. He is very welcoming. He's very approachable. And he is one of the nicest human beings I've met. Mark Ellis as well. They're, they're both great choices if you if you want to have a, a person to run to. But um, I feel that Bateman is going to be able to give me better advice based on his life experiences than, than what Mark Ellis is going to be able to do. Um, I think Mark is going to be some por- a person that is going to be there to support you. But if I want to go to somebody to have advice on what I need to do next. I'm going to somebody that has lived a lot of these different experiences. And that's Ben Bateman. Ben Bateman has done so much in his life already that he has experiences on experiences on experiences. So if I have a question, I know he's going to have some sort of a base of information that he can kind of push me in a direction. And time. (sighs) These are both like really great picks. This is a very personal decision. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I mean, I'm, 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 no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by the picks too. I, it, what's funny is not where my head was going with either one, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like I have mad respect for, it. like I actually, those are both amazing picks. I agree with you, Alex. Like those, mm-hmm. well done, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not not even kidding. Uh, they're both approachable. They're both genuine. They're both, uh, you know, cool as a cu- cucumber for sure. But at the end of the day, a lot of people are just, they are really quick to remind you that, you know, no one said Nagnino. What the flippity fuck? <laughs> Trying to get stabbed. <laughs> I mean, if I, I follow his that, advice, I will be stabbed. <laughs> I was, or, look, if I was trying to, if I, if I was trying to go be too. the next, or if Chris I was supposed, to, if I was like real talk, I would, if I was trying to go be the first black superstar of the Jersey Shore, then I would go talk to Dagnino. That's not <laughs> what I'm trying to do with my life. I'm chilling. I don't, I don't need to talk to him about shit, man. Nah, but but also, I, yeah. I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm rambling. It's all good. Uh, Drew is very, very firm because I he, thought about it. She wasn't even considered, so you were considered. I mean, Drew, you don't you don't understand. I actually was planning on trying to come to speak in you and Tom as a whole, like for advice. I would want to I would want to get the yin and the yang of that 
advice. You know what I'm saying? So that was actually one of my picks was was just to come and talk to you as a unit. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see see you guys make um, make your arguments, especially since, like you even mentioned, you know, James, you even mentioned it yourself. You're like, yeah, I would describe Bateman with a lot of the same qualities. So definitely kind of talk about what makes them, you know, different to really kind of make them amazing with giving advice. And, you know, what it's like specific you know, events in their life that, you know, you may know about or uh, they kind of mentioned that, you know, it would really make them awesome when it comes to, you know, giving that advice as well. Okay, you guys have four minutes on the clock to make these arguments starting right now. So this is a really personal question, right? It's like so subjective, like who you personally would be okay with approaching for a live conversation. I don't know Bateman's like life story very well. I watch some of his streams. I've seen some of his content, but like, I don't really feel like I personally know him well enough to approach him and ask for like life advice. I've met him a couple times, had very nice conversations with him, but he actually is not a very approachable person for me when it comes to something this personal. Ellis is. Uh, I, I think that Ellis is so open and public about all of his life experience. You mentioned life experience a lot in your opening. Ellis is public with his. He tells his entire life experience in, during his stand-up sets. I've seen him do stand-up for hours uh, in Chicago, in Atlanta, at my school like i and he's very open and honest he's just so candid about his life experience and how it has shaped his worldview as a person now and i think that's what you want to when you're going to look for somebody advice you want somebody who is not only open and honest with uh what they think you should do but also what in their past led them to suggest that and i think ellis is much more public and much more open uh, approachable at a larger scale than bateman is just because Mark Ellis does stand up doesn't mean that he is going to be putting out more than what Ben Bateman does. He just does it That's on a large my, arg- my argument. No, he just does it. He just does it. He, no, he does it to a grander scale because he has a, a special, a comedy special, and he does things like that. So you see it more often. But Ben puts that stuff out there. You just don't see it all on a, a comedy special on YouTube. You see it on his tweets and you see it in his videos and things like that. I mean, you're talking about a person that runs a successful video uh, podcast. Um, about movies. He has the number one Magic uh, the Gathering podcast in the world. Sure, so um, if I have advice about those things, I'll go to him. But no, as, but I'm as, saying as, that as, he uh, has more experiences, like broad experiences, where he's doing things like that. I mean, he keeps cool in every situation. He is somebody that's always prepared, somebody that always strives for ex- excellence, and somebody that always tries to get better he's always about improving himself so if and that I can be kind of intimidating to ask he, he's not very personable he, that can be kind of intimidating no, if you see somebody incorrect if you see somebody who is always like this is the wrong word but it's the one i'm going to use if you see somebody who's a try hard uh, that's again not exactly what i'm going for but that's kind of how i'm trying to do describe it if you see somebody like that you're not going to go for them to advice because then they're going to say oh get up at 4 a.m and hunt a buck and that's like like that's not the kind of advice that you don't want kind of like try hard advice you want something that's more real more personal more like uh just more relatable and that that kind of advice of somebody who is always striving for that absolute perfection that's not relatable if you, when you're going for life advice, you're not going to hear, uh, hey, Betty, you're doing okay. You're doing fine. That's not life advice. That's some, that's support. That's comfort. You're not going I to I also comfort. don't want this somebody to me. We're asking, who do you go to for life advice? You have a problem, and you need to have that solved. I need to do this, or I need to do this. I'm going to go to somebody that's going to say, dude, look, I did this before. It's not a good idea. Do this. And Alice would get that exact same thing. I don't think that that, that kind of response is 
pretty much anybody giving advice. That's not exclusive to Ben Bateman. I oh. think what ha- what matters here is who is more relatable, who's more approachable. Both of these guys are nice guys. Both of these guys are kind guys. Both of these guys are going to give advice based on their personal experiences. Me personally, I just find Ellis to be somebody who's more approachable, more accessible than Ben Bateman is. Just because he wears a t-shirt and shorts all the time doesn't make him more approachable than Ben Bateman. Ben I didn't Bateman, mention his outfit. No, but I'm saying that's that's why you're intimidated by Bateman because he's always buttoned up. And he's no, it's not. Suit. It's because of what you just said. It's because that he is always portrayed as this guy who is striving for excellence, and that's not relatable to me. No, that's just improving himself, and he's going to improve you. You need life advice. You're going to somebody that's going to improve you. I'm not, not looking somebody. for a life coach. And I'm looking fine. for advice. Yes, you are. Up our arguments for our final question, and our, apparently it's passionate because I'm genuinely scared right now. <laughs> I'm genuinely scared for my life. I feel like I'm gonna get like ten DMs being like, "What did you do?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are two incredible picks. I mean, I mean, Winston. I mean, like, you're obviously you're in a manager role where you're kind of you're kind of helping people out through these situations. You know, helping with competitors and everything. But you have to be obviously not only good at you know giving out you know, these advice, but you have to be kind of good as far as, you know, applying experience outside of Schmodown. Since this is just such a broad question, we're not just talking about Schmodown, we're talking about life advice. What do you think about that? No, I agree. I, I think to that point, what I want to see the two of them kind of get at in their closing arguments, I'd love to hear what particular advice you think they would best, your, each of your choices would best give. So like what, because you you both kind of touched on the fact that, you know, Mark obviously working in comedy, uh, Ben having done really well with both his podcasts. I would love to hear specifically what advice do you think they would best give? Because I think that was something that somebody said in the chat that's a good point is that that's kind of where it comes from. You know, like I wouldn't go like if I wanted advice on how to shoot a three-pointer, I would try and get a hold of Steph Curry. And if I wanted advice on how to win a political campaign, I would talk to Barack Obama. So you know what I'm saying? Like it just, there you would, you go to different people for different things. So what specifically would you ask of the people you chose? Yeah. What is the life situation that you could potentially be going through or currently going through where you're like, you want to, you know what? I, I just need the advice of someone amazing. I need the advice of Bateman, of Ellis, because these are two obviously fantastic people. But also at the same time, a lot of people are asking still, why didn't you uh, bring on the boat? (laughs) Why didn't you choose the boat? (laughs) uh, Yeah, so fantastic. Again, Let's kind of see you guys have like What is the situation that you're really kind of going to them asking for the advice? And again, you know, what kind of advice do you think they would provide? You know, what they would kind of draw the inspiration from. Okay. So we are going to be going into our closing statements. Again, we're going to be sticking with you, Robert, for the closing statements. And you have one minute to set to solidify a vote in your favor starting right now. Okay, so I when I'm going to somebody for life advice, I'm not going into an office building to like sit behind a desk and have like a coaching session with them. I don't want to be grilled. I just want to have a guy that like I can have a beer with and shoot a personal question to without feeling judged. And that is Ellis is the epitome of that person to me. That's the kind of life advice I'm talking about. Uh, so I mean, personally, like very personal thing, like advice on stand up, like what 
can I do in that kind of aspects? But also on things like relationships, on career. Like I'm, I'm not trying to get the 12-step program on how to be rich and famous and successful with a lot of Twitter followers. I feel like that's the kind of coach that Bateman is. And I, I like Bateman a lot. I just think that's the kind of advice that he would be best at giving. And that's not the life advice that I want because I don't care about that kind of stuff. That's, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, okay. Oh, you're done. All right. Yield the rest of your time. Cool. All right. Okay. Solid. And that's very close. <laughs> hey, Winston. How you doing, buddy? Mm. Oh, my God. I, I just heard shots. I literally heard gunshots fired off over the internet. That's, that's why. So yeah, I, I'm definitely going to get some angry DMs after this, I feel like. <laughs> I'm going to search out for some life advice from both these people here in a bit. Okay, so over to you, James. You have one minute to solidify, a, again, a vote in your favor. Right, buddy? Look, Sorry, that was, um, that was oh, my cat, guys. <laughs> Yes. The obvious things that you're going to be going to to somebody for life advice are going to be on career and relationships. I get that. But Ellis, while I love the guy, he's basically a grown man child with commitment issues. I've already got that covered, as you can see. I don't need that problem. You know, I need to go to somebody that is successful in multiple different areas. And you're looking at somebody that is... Like I said, he's hosts multiple podcasts successfully. He had, he's a vice president of a toy company. He travels all over the world doing different things. He has such a breadth of experience and information that he's going to be able to help me on so many different levels. 30 seconds. And if I need a hug, if I need somebody to pat me on the back, I'm going to Mark Ellis for sure because he's going to do that. But if I need somebody to tell me how it is, and not sugarcoat it, and just give it to me straight, no bullshit, I'm going to Ben Bateman. All right, okay, oh. you're yielding the rest of your time. Cool. Oh. Oh. Are you ready to, to try to do a corner, Winston? Yeah, you chug that wine. You chug that wine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm ready to cry in a corner. <laughs> oh. oh. Everyone wants to know. <laughs> I'm going to wait for fire balls of fuel. Winston, okay. Um, and like, yeah, th- thank you oh, for wow. commenting on uh, my very well-timed cat. Where, where'd it go? I, I, he left the broom already. <laughs> I your cat literally was just, he literally was just like ready now. Yo, yo, um, real talk. I mean, the funny thing was, it's it's funny how like there's certain things in life that just kind of work in your favor at random points. So like for example, it's very obvious that if you go and watch the OJ case, that OJ was losing that case until two until two major things happened. The first was obviously the catching Furman like as an N word, I kill people, like whatever, whatever. The more important one was the glove. So, like don't have him try the glove, don't put on the glove, it ain't gonna fit. His hands will be different. They put it on, and Cogger said. God damn, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. And that's essentially by going, yo, you need a hug? You need a quick joke? Pick Mark Ellis? I was like, oh, oh, my God. You straight up Johnny Cocker in the end of that argument. Like, I was fully on the Ellis side of this argument until you said that, and now I don't know what I think. So I just... I'm going to keep drinking this wine. I'm really sorry. You know what? That's okay. I'll, I'll join you here in a bit. Okay, so you guys heard it here. You've heard the opening statements. You heard the closing statements. You heard all three 
arguments for these fantastic competitors. So now you guys have, I'm going to bring it up. You guys have five minutes. Oh, wait, five minutes in, I guess, 18 seconds <laughs> to go vote on Twitter. If you do not vote right now, it's not going to matter what your opinion is because you have to go on Twitter right there to really voice your opinions. Okay, and then we're going to decide who is going to walk away um, winner and who's going to walk away kicked out of Schmodown. So it matters. Please don't make your, please do not vote just because you want this person to, you know, you just want this person to win because he has a pretty cool tight shirt and you like the choice of movie posters or because you like his, uh, nobody likes both of these, of uh, pop (laughs) in the back, you know, whatever it may be, please vote specifically, exclusively on their arguments alone. Now, how do you guys feel about your arguments? How are you feeling? I tell you, I feel like I won just because I got Winston up out of his chair. <laughs> and now, I, got, I got more of Winston's head in the shot, so I'm going to take the victory on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love how that's that's the indicator for both of these. It's what ridiculous reaction did we get out of Winston <laughs> is the determining factor. Of what the, I have to ask myself, like, what would the question have to be in order to really kind of step it up and make Winston cry, potentially? <laughs> Is that the goal? Uh, that's a good idea. No, okay, you know, that's, why not? Why? Why not? I, I I don't care. Let's do it. Or or just like just like bust a laugh, just like bust a gut laughing so hard. He's like, right. Okay. Right. Um. Okay. So we still have a few minutes remaining. Again, go vote on Twitter right now. Um. Say in the meantime, we say Winston. You guys are all doing amazing stuff right now, not only in Schmodown but beyond Schmodown. Um. But Winston, where can we find everything you're doing, what you're doing, what you're involved with, all that good stuff? Yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, most of the people know my handle at the Swaggy Blurred. Uh, that's across all platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Cats. Uh, you know, what letterbox? I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the swaggy blurred. Uh, I do apologize to the patrons that are here right now. Obviously, the last month or two prior to COVID was a little rocky for me because I was finding a place, which you now see me in right now. I'm still setting up at this point, but I'm actually bringing some pretty great content. Uh, I'm doing something called the quarantine series where I am interviewing oh. people at the top of the game in their field. Uh, my, uh, it's going to be something that I release to the public, but the patrons get it first. Uh, I did an interview with Emmy Equalker. Uh, he's uh, was Gorgon in Inhumans. He stars on On My Block on Netflix. One of a good friends of mine. I've got another pretty big interview coming up that I'm not announcing quite yet. But we've got a series of those going as long as COVID's a thing. So uh, that and Blurs in the Hood. If you haven't seen that, me and Jay Washington, uh, we do a show called Blurs in the Hood every Tuesday. It's a live stream uh, where we pretty much give you like a black nerd take on everything happening in the world and we're talking literally everything so definitely please be sure to check that stuff out uh other than that yo um once the apartment is fully set up i'm actually going to be doing a regular live stream on my youtube channel uh you know the swaggy blur and all that good stuff so other than that you know you see me on sen eventually when we get back to that stuff and and on the showdown and all that good stuff so yeah i feel like I feel like it's been like months and months since this whole quarantine situation happened. Um, on the positive side of it, I've seen a whole bunch of movies. Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, no. I just thought one more thing. Uh, keep your eyes glued to your TVs and your interwebs and stuff over the next couple of days. That's all I'll say. I can't say anything. Uh -oh. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Secrets are coming. Secrets are being held out. I'm excited for that. Okay. What about you, James? Where can we find you and your gorgeous hat covered head? Oh, well, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Gator24. It's G4TOR24. You see my random movie musings and lots of sports related nonsense um but yeah it's it's just been uh it's been a rough month so far yeah it's just kind of hanging in there right now so we'll see uh see how the next few weeks go we're uh we're hoping this doesn't last as long as uh some of the projections so i'm hoping everything gets turned around and we can all be hanging out in the same room at some point for sure it's uh it's been a tough uh, few weeks but you know what Okay, so in that case, what is, you know, a major pro of doing this? Is there anything you finally have been able to do now that you're kind of uh, where you're kind of, like, you know, you're inside, you have no other choice yeah. to kind of get work on stuff, projects, or see movies you've always wanted to see, but you just didn't have the time or anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now I'm out of work, so that's fun. Um, you know, I'm a server and a bartender, so yeah, can't really do that right now. Um, so I've been, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies. Yeah, and re-catching up on Lost. I started a rewatch on Lost. Ooh. So, yeah, you know, just fiddling around with that stuff. Um, doing a couple little side projects that I'm trying to, to iron some kinks out on. But, yeah, just the things that you would expect us to be doing in this group, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, all I'm hearing is that you're studying. You're going to come back even a million more times better than when you even when you were drafted and you were obviously i remember when Burnett, he like told me he's like i've done so much research on this guy <laughs> i've done so much research he's such a <laughs> he so excited. And, I was like, and maybe he was acting i don't know but i just remember him just talking about you and i was like you know what i'm gonna pretty excited about this guy can't wait to see what happens for sure all right and robert everything you're doing yeah, you you can physically find me in this room with only my Xbox as sustenance. Uh, otherwise, you can find me online at rbrtprkr98. It is my first and last name without any vowels plus the year. Uh, where I letterbox with all my movie watching and tweets where I tw tweet uh, dumb shit. That's about it. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, I mean you're. I mean you're. I feel like you're everywhere. I mean you're a man. Like both you guys are from the fan leagues, right? Well, yeah. obviously, you know, Robert, uh, you are. But, I mean, it's like both of you guys are from the fan leagues. I mean, do you mind me asking how it kind of feels to actually be hanging out with guys like Winston? I mean, be like being on factions with these really iconic, you know, competitors and managers and everything. Is it, like, kind of creepy? Is it weird? Is it everything you dreamed of? Did you cry when you were drafted? Because I'd <laughs> cry if it were ever happen to me. <laughs> no, for me, um, for me I would have cried if that was surreal. James because Burnett got me. But I mean, besides that, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding, James. I'm just about to I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize to me. You have to apologize to him. No. Oh, well. <laughs> so look, I, I'll be the first one to admit that I wasn't expecting to be picked where I got picked. Um, rightfully so, I probably shouldn't have been picked where I picked just because I'm unproven and there were so many proven people there, especially uh, Janine the Machine. I thought she should have went yeah. way ahead of where she went. I mean, Sam Levine had her fall into his lap. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, it's it's been kind of a whirlwind right now, especially because of all of this stuff now. I, I was flying out to LA to uh, to get ready out there for, uh, for free for all and, and recordings and stuff and 20 minutes before my plane landed, all of that kind of went away. So that was, 
it's been a whirlwind the last the last month or so. Everything's just kind of up in the air and, and topsy turvy. But it's it's been a fun experience at times. It's been a really unfun experience here yeah. lately. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine it was a, like a little bit of an out of body experience. A little bit like is this happening? Am I just hallucinating? Like I honestly like it happened to me. Like I'm not exaggerating when I say I would cry. I cry watching like Hallmark movies. I cry over really, <laughs> over really intense, like, birthday card. Like, the moment I hear, like, Sarah McLaughlin on those, like, uh, on those, like, and I'm not, like, and I'm not a crier cast Lucas. And I'm, like, Ugh. it's not all up in my shirts. I have, like, I would have, like, stains all <laughs> over my shirts because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm that person, like openly, grossly weeping. Okay, now, enough about us. We need to find out who's going to walk away a winner today. We need to crack down on the numbers. Let's find out. Okay. He's never in the Schmodown again. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Who gone? Who gone? Who's going to find it? Okay, so... For question number one, which was, what was the best exhibition match we've ever seen in Schmodown? <gasps> With a total of 49 votes, 51 to 49. Ooh. The voters in favor of James with a fatal five way. Ooh. Yeah. All right. That was close. Robert, I'm telling you, if you had picked Black History Month, you would have <laughs> Now, on to question number two. With a total of 41 votes. The question being, what free agent competitor should be added to a faction? But also by extension, what faction would they be a part of? Interestingly enough, you both chose the same faction. They have an opening. Copied me. <laughs> <laughs> With a total of 41 votes, with 56 versus 43. Man, this is, like, really tight between mm. you guys. The vote is in favor of Scott Mance. Yeah, that's not surprising. Uh. And for our third and final question, the question that brought everyone to tears. <laughs> and shrieking. What modem personality would be the best person to run for life advice? With a total of 39 votes of 53% versus a 46% in favor of Mark Ellis. All right. Got one. Meaning our winner today is James White. Oh, snap. Meaning, Wait a minute. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert, you are kicked out of Schmodown forever, so you're never allowed to Well, shit. And IG, so Every IG player is thanking you. I just right text Christian. The funniest thing about that, though, is the simple fact that, like, now Kaiser looks like a complete fucking dumbass. <laughs> you were you were his first pick. His yeah, I got to get him on the phone real quick here. You need to call him and tell him, yo, man, I'm fucked up. I don't know what happened. What have I done? Hey, Siri. <laughs> call Kaiser. Um, no. <laughs> um, okay, so... Honestly, this was a really tight match. It was like 
constantly going back and forth. I mean, there wasn't like one, there wasn't like one debate in particular where it was like 75, 25 or anything. You guys were like pretty neck and neck the entire time. Um, but just starting with you, James, is there any um, question answer that you found particularly difficult to answer? Um, well, I would have picked the Jurassic Park match, to be honest with you. Um, I thought that was a fantastic, I thought that was a fantastic match. And, and the reason that I didn't is because I didn't get a chance to. And so I had to find something that I could argue well, and I thought I did. So I, I knew that I was going to be uh, battling from behind. I didn't expect to win that one. I was hoping to get two and three. Um, but to be able to pull that one off was a surprise for me. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, I mean, also, I mean, it's, it can be very difficult to choose of the exhibition matches, like which one is best, just because obviously right. they don't technically count, you know, I mean, we're not going to be looking back at it for a storyline or points valued or anything. So it's just really based on personal opinions on which one you just genuinely love. Um, I would say, so Robert, for you, like, is there any, and same question, I mean, is there anyone that you pr- had a hard time trying to answer, or is there one that you kind of wish you chose a different answer or made a different argument, potentially? Um, no, I, f- I felt good about how I play. Like, I wouldn't change yeah. anything if we reversed the time, like, an hour and a half. I would have done everything the exact same. Um, I think, you know, I had a couple options for the undrafted player, and I think a lot, it was hard to argue against Mance, because I love Mance. Um, but I think I did the best I could as far as just like talking about kind of the outdated kind of thing. And then also that last question is just really subjective. It's just like, I'm sure James picked Bateman because he has gotten life. I picked Ellis because I also have gotten life. But like it, it it is extremely subjective and very hard to argue. We were kind of arguing the exact same thing until the final, like Mm -hmm. closing argument. So I, I, I I can't be mad or selfish about anything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I was saving the haymaker. Yeah, I mean, bro, that I mean, you, you. The funny thing is, that my my answer to all of these, obviously, I'm biased on the first question, but I think the second one, as far as who wasn't drafted, I'm I'm actually very surprised that ever you pick uh, Sabrina. Uh, honestly, I think because she wasn't she wasn't been. around in she the, wasn't like, really on the radio uh, the radar at the time. Yeah, but she's a free agent now. I, You're right, she's yeah. a free agent now. Yeah, but you but you said what free Technically, agent? Yeah. She, yeah, and so I that to me that would have been a big one because she's already really kind of shown her her edge like that, and so yeah. as far as like what she's done on the meaning of, and then the last one, I mean, you guys picked two good ones, and I think honestly, I having and I think that I'm also biased by this, having gotten advice uh, from Ellis that was naturally going to be my choice, uh, which mm-hmm. was part of the reason why, like I said, I rode I rode with it until. Until you drop that dog bomb, and I, I just have to let it be clear, I love Mark Ellis. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I do. Yeah, no, you okay, have to argue. Let everyone in the chat know specifically because I know like Roka's on recently, and there's like Roka's on, and Christian is on, and all these awesome people are on. Just to clarify, if you, they're making the argument, they're specifically for like one competitor or another, whatever it may be. It's not kayfabe. There is sp- yeah, we're, we're, for the argument. It's not like to, real opinions. Kind yeah, of we're, we're, we're trying to win the argument as best yeah. as possible. It's not yeah, always like picking the thing that, that we holistically believe. Like, I mean, I 
100% believed in all my picks, but like, the, it, it's a debating situation. You have to say the things that you think are going to make you win an argument. So like, of course I don't think Ben Bateman is an intimidating person. Like, that's just the kind of thing you have to say in this situation. You just, you just yeah. have to do what you can. You got to do what you can. That's, that's yeah. the whole point. I mean, it's a debate. You, you, it's, it's literally what defense attorneys do for a living. A lot of them are like, oh, you're a terrible human being, but you're going to pay me a lot of money, so it's my job to make <laughs> you look better than you are. So Also, Alex I said the P-word. I think she's actually uh, – she's out. I'm sorry. I was just like uh, – I feel bad. No, I just like – I just uh, was notified the, the stats are changing. I, I called the – I called the things. I called the arguments and everything, made the numbers and everything, and – I was just notified that technically they they're speaking oh. right now. <laughs> what so is happening? Technically, we are it's a tie. Okay, so technically, okay, so <laughs> this happens quite a little bit. Thing is, like like I said, we have so much time. That's why it's important to vote within that specific time. Like I said, because yeah, it's not going to matter if you vote like a few hours after or if you end up watching this next week and you go back and be like hey can i vote it's not gonna matter okay yeah i called it when i said hey time's yeah. up that's it that's all you get all right that's totally <laughs> fair called it when you did <laughs> james, that shit, james. <laughs> james is he's winning off robert robert this is this is where you need kaiser to be on the phone and be like my boy he won that <laughs> How the fuck should I? Could, see, I could actually call. See, no. you're in the wrong, oh my you're gosh, in the wrong faction, that, bro. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm calling Burnett. Well, That's you're not in a faction anymore. You're not in the slowdown. You're clearly not putting up much of a fight for me. Kick <laughs> up the slowdown, bro. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, but I do want to let y'all know that I mean, like, because again, they were just so neck and neck between the different arguments and everything that um, it's. Now, technically, question number one, you know, with the exhibition match question, technically now it's like 48-51 in favor of Jurassic Park after I already announced the winner. So, again, if you don't vote within the time, it sucks. But, yeah, so that's why it's important to vote within the time that I tell you guys. Please do that. All right. Can you guys can you answer this? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very yeah. faint though. Okay. Yeah, I mean you can Hey. Hey so I'm on uh I'm on Schmobates right now and uh there's a little bit of controversy going on. About <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh some some votes are being changed around uh last minute, that's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dungeons just we're so good that everyone's got to resort to sneaky cheating tactics. <laughs> no, can he? No, can he hear me? Make sure Kaiser can hear my ass right now. Can I don't think he can. Kaiser? Let me give me one second, Kaiser. Winston wants to talk to you. <laughs> oh, Dude, tell, tell me when he can hear me, because I'm because I'm I'm a lame straight right now. This, you ain't about to do this shit. <laughs> okay, can you put on speaker by chance, Robert? Is that possible? Oh, you're you're muted for some reason. Oh, because the mic is away from the thing. Can you put? Uh, okay, she's figured out. Okay. 
Muted. I don't know why you're muted. I can't hear a damn thing. I don't know why. Everyone, yeah. I'm so sorry for the confusion here. Um. Okay, you know what? I'm screw it. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna send him the link. If he wants to hop see, on, that works. go for it. If Kaiser got a second, if Kaiser got a second, I'm, I'll tell him I'm just gonna give happens. him the option to hop on if he chooses. So please let him know that I'm sending him a link. And which is also very interesting because he is going to be coming on. <laughs> He's actually coming on next week, guys, <laughs> as a competitor. Hilarious. Hilarious. Which is get that much more fun. Okay. I sent him the link on Twitter. All right. Well, Kaiser. Look, I'll just say this. Maybe he'll watch it later. Kaiser, here's the thing, man. Your boy rightfully deserved this victory and shit, man. But, like, if people ain't going to fucking show the fuck up to do what they supposed to do, he's going to lose. Just the way the Zipper going to lose. Just the way the Smets going to lose. Just, like, uh-huh. the, the, the dungeon is full of losers, my yeah. friend. So this is this is a clear sign of what happens when you put a bunch of scrubs together in one unit. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. I'm just going to put that out there. Yes. Right? Can, you guys, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. I can okay, hear you. Yeah. He wasn't able to hear me just because of the headset. Are you sending it oh, on his – Okay. Got okay. it. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not actually, like, contesting this, by the way. I'm just oh, – no, Of course, you call it when you call know, it, know, it is what it is, of course. Yeah, we called it. Um, was like, and again, because this is an intensely close match. Um, you guys, I mean, if uh, if you guys would love to, I mean, I would love to have you guys come back and uh, play again if you guys competitors be like, Ooh, so, yeah, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, that's it, guys. Um, this is like tonight's episode of Schmobates. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and chatting and watching these people debate and cry on my on my uh, end at least and you know taking some swigs of some delicious wine some vino over there and that's it again thank you we'll see you next wednesday i'm alex my part of the call to action crew and you can find us on twitter and on uh, anywhere podcasts are found i'll do this every single wednesday at 9 30 central and we'll see you soon bye <laughs>